0: playing a really good football team this week all right it's a team won seven of their last eight last year and uh you know they played south carolina toe-to-toe had two punts blocked to change the game uh north carolina they got the lead heading into the fourth quarter i think carolina scored with 30 seconds go in the third quarter all right but they have a they have a lead they beat army uh they dominated ulm in a lot of respects but had a punt blocked and threw an interception for a touchdown at the end of the game uh so, uh, you know, this team, uh, they're going to come in here ready to play. And uh, they've been in big stadiums before and all that good stuff. They're a physical football team that prides themselves on running the football. they got a very athletic quarterback uh, that can run and throw. He throws the deep ball very well, the up-and-down go ball. But they got a a, a real good perimeter game because they, they run the ball up inside and they try to get you to commit, and then they can throw the quick ones out there to – The smokes and the, you know, and then all of a sudden they get you to overcommit and they throw bait off of that. And, you know, they throw option, uh, tower, which is sort of a misdirection outside play. Uh, they're really good at the naked game, the misdirection game. Uh, so they, they do a lot of things really, really well. Uh, number two is a, is a great receiver. Uh, the up and down ball the go ball. Uh, he's extremely effective and then he can snap it down at 10 or 15, uh, Got a lot of catches, but they got weapons. They got a 6'4 receiver from Central Florida on the other side. And the slot had a huge game against Carolina. They had about 130 yards receiving and two touchdowns. So they've had a few injuries on the offensive line. The uh, running back is a leading rusher in school history. Uh, one of their top backs uh, got hurt early in the year. And um, so, you know, he scored a lot of points. Uh, on defense, uh, quite a few interceptions, uh, three down, front, you know, run the ball well. Um, and this, you know, so our team, you know, what we've done really, we've done something nobody in the history of football's ever done. We transitioned to FBS in one year. We played a full FBS schedule. Okay. I love it when I hear people say, well, this team won eight their first year. Well, yeah, they played half FCS and half FBS, or I'd have loved to have had 85 scholarships my first year. Well, we don't have 85 and you know, you played two years of FCS and FBS teams. We played a full FBS schedule. So this is an opportunity for us uh, this Saturday to put another feather in our cap. And uh, today was really kind of the first day we've been out to practice because our Mondays are always very light. And yesterday, because of weather, we had to go the indoor and had to split the offense and the defense. And it's basically a glorified walkthrough when you go up there. So we have a lot of things to clean up uh, from tonight's practice. Uh, That we got to get right before tomorrow, so uh, I feel like we're playing a little bit of catch-up right now uh, in preparation uh, for this game on Saturday.
1: You know, looking back at the at the ODU game, what did you kind of take away the most after you were able to sit down and watch the film?
0: I mean, it was a long time ago, really. We we made a lot of mistakes. We put the we we didn't have good ball security on offense. Uh, We got a lot of very fortunate bounces. Uh, our rush lanes were horrible. Um, we played hard. We did. We made a lot of plays, but we made a lot of mistakes th- that a really good team could capitalize
1: on. And then you guys will have the sticker on the back of your helmet um, this weekend. You know, how right. did that kind of come about? You know, since a lot of the teams around the state are going to yeah. have that too. Well,
0: okay. you know that that's a real tragedy um, there, and you know our hearts go out. To the victims and families and friends of the victims. Um, and, you know, this uh, is a way to show support. This comes from a higher pay grade uh, than me. Um, but, I mean, it's something that we're, we all support fully. Uh, and uh, so, um, you know, death's a part of life, but, unf- you know, you don't like to see it happen like that at such a young age uh, because of an act of violence like that.
1: Coach, talk a little bit about their offense and what they try and do. Is it different than really anything else you've seen this year?
0: Yeah, it is, and studied them a lot in the off season. Uh a lot of inside zone, got head coach there, tough guy, old line coach. He's gonna he's gonna coach that play as well as it can be coached, all the little intricacies of it, uh to create some seams and gaps uh for their running backs and then some RPOs quick throws off of that. And then, uh, you know, once you start to overcommit inside, uh, they've got everything outside uh, to get the ball in space. So uh, they're playing up-tempo. They've run 100 plays, uh, I think, in the last game even. Um, but their play count's really high. And uh, so you got to be ready for the tempo. And then, uh, you know, I think ideally they'd love to throw it 20 to 25 times But there's been some games that have been in the high 20s and 30s, and that's probably not their comfort zone.
1: And how about Granger, the quarterback? Um, Obviously he can run the football, and he's been dangerous throughout the entire year. Is he a lot like – is he similar to Malik Cunningham a couple weeks ago, or or is it different offenses that you have to try and defend? No, uh,
0: I think he's a little different. Uh, He probably plays a little bit more within the system, Uh, not quite as much improvising. Uh he's really got nice nice touch on the go ball. Uh and we played against him when I was at Elon, uh he was a freshman then, uh second game of the year. We waxed those guys pretty good. He was at Furman then. Um but he's really developed as a quarterback and and they're doing uh they're featuring his strengths in this offense. He's very dangerous as a runner. Uh you know, he can go the distance on you. And uh he makes good decisions in the past game. And a pretty accurate guy, too.
1: We talked earlier this year about needing to develop that depth in, you know, the first year of the FBS and, you know, not having 85 scholarship guys. But what does last week kind of do getting guys like Kai Holmes and Aiden Fisher on the field that, as far as developing depth for, you know, moving yeah. forward?
0: Well, it's been guys like that that we need to develop that, like Kai Holmes, probably missed six games because of injury. And then you just don't step on the practice field the next week and be ready to play football. It don't work that way, especially for a young guy. And Aiden Fisher had missed the previous game uh, because of an illness. So getting those guys on the field is a plus without question. You're seeing more and more younger guys on the field. And we got a lot of good young players here that have exciting futures.
1: And then – Saturday postgame, Todd said that, you know, the wind made his ankle feel a little better. How, how has he kind of progressed since Saturday?
0: Yeah, he, he practiced today. He's ahead of schedule. Uh, we tried to take the quarterback runs off of him a little bit today, gave him to Alonza. Uh, he could have done them, but uh, he threw the ball very well. Uh, no issues moving around. Uh, I expect him to be pretty close to 100% Saturday.
1: With, uh, with such a deep receiving room like Georgia State has, where does a guy like Francis Meehan fit in and how he's been adjusting and where his playing style could be an asset for you guys on Saturday?
0: Well, you know, he took over when Sam Kidd got hurt. So, uh, you know, he's got a job to do like everybody else has. So Francis Francis Meehan's strengths are he's extremely smart. Uh, He's a very quick thinker. He's a great communicator. He's a very reactive football player. Uh, he's extremely dependable. He studies. He prepares. He has good hands and good ball skills. He's got c- good speed. And he's improved quite a bit as a tackler, which was the one area from last year he had to improve on a little bit. So he's playing a lot of snaps for us right now. And, uh, you know, like everybody else, you know, he's got a job to do. He's not always, very rarely will he be in man coverage against a wide receiver. You know, normally he's he's going to be in a zone type of coverage or in a deep middle field.
1: For you as a head coach, what is it like to see these guys that have been in the system for years like Francis or, or James Carpenter and kind of step into their roles this year and, you know, play with a lot of snaps and play them at a pretty high level?
0: Those are the great stories, I think, uh, are the guys that come in as walk-ons, not very highly recruited, not offered any money to come in, that, are, that love football, uh, persistent. Great work ethic, you know, just grind, and uh, they're overlooked in the recruiting process, and uh, and they become players. And Carpenter, uh, right away, we knew uh, would be good player. Sam Kidd, it, the only thing that held him back early in his career was injury, and you know Francis sticks with it, and now you know he's a starter. And, and there's others, so you know, it tells you that in recruiting, people make a lot of mistakes. Because, you know, they you look at that tape and everybody's looking for size, speed, and all this good stuff, right? And uh, But it's hard to measure a guy's heart.
1: And then against ODU it seemed like you shuffled the O-line a little bit and put Toner back in. You know, what did you kind of like about kind of changing up the look like that?
0: Yeah, what we did was, uh, you know, Nick Kidwell came back so and Tyler Stevens had been playing right tackle. So we made Tyler the right guard. And, uh, and we rotated, uh, we moved potts and Toner over the left side and rotated those two guys, and, uh, you know, it it worked out well. I I like the way our line has developed. Uh, They're all back next season, and I like the long-term sort of projection. Uh, I think we're adding quality guys there, and we're developing guys, and, you know, it's all about recruiting and development, and, of course, in this day and age with NIL, it's about retention, too.
1: I guess to follow up on that, what kind of how does, how does a guy like Josh Toner change the look on the offensive line? You know, you talk about switching him and Potts out against ODU. You know, what does he bring that you know maybe Potts does bring to the to the line in that sense?
0: I think they no. It, to me, it's about what they both bring, not what one doesn't bring. Uh, you know, if you're a good football player and you can help us play winning football at any position on this football team, you're going to play. We're going to we we're going to find snaps and minutes for you, because the more guys you can play, the fresher you're going to be. So this was more of a thing about toner developing, and we needed to get them on the field.
1: So taking a look back at ODU and how special teams did, watching the tape, you know, what are some of the things that you've seen with the special teams unit really progress? with? I know Camden, we talked about it on Saturday, had a great game. But, I mean, how have you kind of seen this team, this unit, you know, get really confident and stay together?
0: It was nice to get a decisive win uh, against ODU and, you know, kind of started with our field goal kicker. The 44-yarder he hit, there was pretty significant wind on that one, and it was on the hash that he least prefers. And our other units performed really well, you know, in that game also. So, um, and the more guys we get back from injury, the better our teams will become. Because, and that's been sort of the problem there for a few weeks is we had just so many guys out. You know, you lose, I mean, one game, we, three of our top five linebackers didn't make the trip. And normally when you look at special teams, you know, linebackers, safeties, guys like that. So, you know, there was a period of time where we were really thin there.
1: What is it like for you as a coach to kind of see a kicker like Camden, who's in his first year actually kicking field goals, start off pretty rocky, but his last seven kicks he's made six of them, and the one miss was the 52-yarder at Louisville?
0: No question about it. Hey, look, uh, you know, we're in this business to help people succeed and uh, create an environment where they can be the best they can be. And when you see a guy maybe that, I'm not going to say he struggled, but, you know, he missed a couple kicks. He came in, he's kicking for Ethan Rackey, who was sort of the greatest kicker that had ever kicked here. So there was probably some pressure. And when he missed a couple early, you know, I'm sure he um, doubt could creep in there. But, you know, he has stuck with it. And, and he's, it's great to see him kicking him right down the middle, playing with a lot of confidence.